Welcome to the We Are Here podcast, a podcast all about entrepreneurship on the South Coast, collecting stories and lessons from entrepreneurs and community leaders to learn firsthand how they've built their business or organization so we can build our own. The South Coast is a small place, and we're letting the business world know that we are here. Show your support by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast, and join the newsletter for all of our latest announcements and upcoming episodes at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. That's southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the We Are Here podcast. First episode. Super excited to have Shelly Carduce on the show. Shelly, of course, from Hippo, from Eforall. She sort of just came down from a comet. Uh, if there were an entrepreneurial universe somewhere out there and she fired off into this Earth's atmosphere, uh, that's where she would have hailed from. Just a wealth of knowledge uh, in this episode. And I just really enjoyed our conversation. And you're going to learn a lot, especially if folks who are just starting uh, and even folks who are maybe a year or two into building their business. Like, where are we getting our customers from? How can we think out of the box to attract customers to our area that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Really hope you enjoy it. Really hope you subscribe to our newsletter over at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Don't forget to drop us a five-star review on iTunes. Let's get into the show. So I'm a resident of New Bedford. I, for the past two years, was the executive director of Entrepreneurship for All here on the South Coast. My position just changed this past January to the director of programs for E4All. And I'm also the owner of Hippo, which is a small gift shop in the middle of downtown New Bedford. So years ago, I always did something on the side. I've always wanted to organize art shows, whether it was mine or, or somebody else's. And years ago, I started a small t-shirt line on the side and I would sell them at craft fairs. And pretty soon after selling them, I helped as a vendor coordinator for Alyssa Piquet at Calico. She was organizing an event called NB Open Market. So I would help, you know, talk to crafters and just do that type of communication. Over time, her and I worked on an event called Craftorama, which was an outdoor art market as well as a seasonal um, market as well. So it's really something that's been a progression that really started from art market to pop up to full-time retail store. And part of the show, as we talk about some of the challenges on the South Coast, logistics, it could be either logistics, customers, uh, you know, finding the right product fit, uh, market product fit in the South Coast, in and around the South Coast. What are the big particular challenges that, that you have being a brick and mortar store owner, uh, maybe specifically in the South Coast? I think many of us know that, you know, driving foot traffic is difficult, but is there anything that really sticks out uh, on the South Coast that you've, you've really overcome or you're still working to overcome? You say, man, I, I wish this was a little bit different here. You know, it's really hard, especially right now. So we're a few weeks into January and knowing that gift shops are seasonal, knowing that a lot of retail is seasonal, but it's so drastic. It's so, so drastic. So December with the holidays, you have people coming in, you're looking at the daily sales, you're running out of paper bags and making, you know, having to run to the bank to get change. And then all of a sudden January hits and it is the exact opposite. New Bedford's going through a lot of growth right now, which is really exciting, but with growth, it means construction, it means road closures. So those are some barriers that we deal with as well. And, you know, the tourism is seasonal and we really try to reach out to the local community, but um, we really need a mix. We need uh, a mix of people that are coming in. A lot of times when people are traveling, that's when they're willing to spend more money on themselves. As small as, you know, New Bedford is and even the South Coast is compared to bigger metro areas, you know, in and around Boston, you know, even Providence to a degree, I don't think I see it as prominent 
uh, as New Bedford does it, right? Where businesses, other businesses are helping other businesses amplify their message. Uh, there's always this feeling, I feel anyway, uh, that there's, you know, businesses saying, hey, let's all corral together. Let's get attention, awareness. Let's drive customers to all of our stores, not just our individual store, but all of our stores. Uh, I feel like there's at least a good concerted effort of that happening in the downtown area uh, versus wherever else I look, Uh, you know, even Fall River to a a degree, certainly Dartmouth. I mean, I don't see that kind of coalition happening uh, in other areas. Yeah, you know, I mean, years ago when I was doing the holiday pop-up shop and I was on social media trying to tell people to go, I recognized at that time, it's not enough for me to get somebody to get in their car on a snowy day to come to just my little store that I really needed to say, Hey, there's a lot of shopping that you can do downtown New Bedford. You can go get something at Bejeweled. You can go to Trevesia and get some wine. You can go get hot sauce at No Problemo. And to really give a lot of options because if you think about it, so many people, I love shopping local. I love shopping small, but let's be honest on a cold winter day, if you have the option of sitting home and shopping online, a lot of times you're going to take that option. You're not going to just get in your car to go to one place but you may go out if you know, hey, I can actually get a lot done at once. So I think a lot of the business owners see that benefit. And what's really great is a lot of the business owners are just very willing to share information. A lot of times when we pass each other, we'll say, hey, how was last Saturday for you? I noticed it was kind of slow for me. Was it the same for you? To try to figure out what the patterns are. And um, I think we all know we're all we're all in this together. I've also been active this past year on uh, DNB Inc., which is the downtown New Bedford Inc., which is um, advocacy for businesses. And we did a really successful workshop recently on Instagram and really just figuring out how we can share knowledge uh, with each other. How, how did you start? What's the genesis of getting another business to join you in a concerted effort to uh, to make this sort of community happen? Is it Does it start with a conversation? Does it start with a Facebook page, Instagram? Like, What's the best tip to get more businesses talking together? You know, it is a long process um, of just connecting and communicating. So I, you know, starting Facebook pages, that's great. But I think just even just having basic conversations with people about what their needs are and and what what they want, uh, what they need to see. I think sometimes what I see is there are too many efforts at once where people are trying to start new networking programs and, you know, new workshops. It's like, let's figure out what's already happening and where the real need is. Explain to us what your role is. I mean, you have a new role now at eForAll, but explain to us how you've got into that role uh, and where it's going uh, with your new position. Yeah, so, you know, when I started at eForAll two years ago, it was really to get eForAll South Coast up and running. Uh, eForAll stands for Entrepreneurship for All. It's a nonprofit that started in Lowell in 2010. And it's brand new to the area. I mean, I think people aren't down here talking about entrepreneurship. People are certainly talking about small businesses. But um, when we started to introduce things like pitch contests and accelerator program, people didn't know what language we were speaking. So, and just to clarify, pitch contests is a lot like Shark Tank and accelerator program is um, when a group of entrepreneurs get together to learn about starting businesses with mentorship and, and a classroom setting. So, I really got involved to to launch this really great nonprofit here on the South Coast. And now with a transition of being director of programs, I'm helping overlook all the different sites. So that's in Lowell, Lawrence, Lynn, and the South Coast, as well as new sites. So we are hoping to expand, adding a few more sites throughout 
the country this year. And really our goal for EFRAL is to have 50 cities under our belt over the next few years. So I'm helping plan out that expansion, plan out the training that we'll need and working with our um, IT and tech staff to just make sure we have like the best software to make this job easier for all the sites. So it's really exciting. So you mentioned that uh, entrepreneurship wasn't really talked about or amplified as much on the South Coast, sort of until EFRAL came about, but small business certainly was. What, what, what are the big differences that you've actually learned at this role at EFRAL? Like what, what did you think about small business and entre- entrepreneurship prior to, you know, helping the uh, EFRAL South Coast chapter, you know, really grow to where it is today? Uh, any big takeaways? You said, you know what, I, I've been thinking about this stuff all wrong <laughs> until I and, until I got until I saw it from this from this angle. You know, it's funny, and I mean, I don't I don't want to say nobody like knew the word. I mean, I'm you know, there's certainly groups that were dealing with entrepreneurship, but I didn't ever consider myself an entrepreneur, and I've always had a side hustle. That to me is what I looked at it as as a full time job and a side hustle, or I go to college and I do this on the side, um, or side work or projects. I never use that term for myself, and. What Ephraim believes is that there are people in the community that have the, the answers to problems that need to be solved. And so a lot of times it's, the, it's these people. It's not the college educated people that are taking entrepreneurship classes. And, and yeah, they can be very successful too, but we're talking about like families. We're talking about people that are from this community saying, hey, here's an issue that needs to be solved. So when what I learned very quickly with Ephraim is when I would go out to speak to people, they don't they didn't necessarily associate with the terminology. And I should have known that because I didn't either. And I would have never said, oh, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. So, you know, really trying to communicate with people and learning the ways to say, do you want to start a business versus are you an entrepreneur? Um, also, building trust in New Bedford and Fall River has taken some time. I think Ephraim to be honest, sounds like a scam where we're like, hey, we have these events, they're free to attend, share your ideas, maybe you'll win some money. And everyone was waiting for what's the catch. And there really isn't a catch, but I get it. I get why that sounds so shady at first until they realize and they see other people go through it and they say, oh, okay, this is this is real. This is legit, you know? Yeah. And, and you bring up another sort of great uh, piece of this conversation is a lot of people see this so the word entrepreneur has been glamorized and sort of just so it's really uh, more, I guess, modernized and celebrities with uh, Shark Tank and, and people just look at the the winnings, right? Uh, they see something like a Shark Tank. They see these celebrities that are judging people and they say, oh, look, this person, you know, got whatever, a million bucks or I don't even know what the prizes are on Shark Tank. But they see this and they say, wow, I, I want that money, right? <laughs> I want mm-hmm. to go get that money. And then Efrol comes about and says, hey, you, you can win a thousand bucks by just pitching your, you know, your idea. And people start thinking, well, I, I'm just going for the money, right? That's what entrepreneurship is all about. Um, sadly mistaken once they actually get, get into it and how much work <laughs> it actually takes. Um, I mean, what, what does that look like uh, when you see people who say, wow, this, this really isn't for me? Or have you been in a position either at Hippo or at EFRA where people are like, you know what, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. How do you sort of coach them through that? Or what kind of guidance do you give people like, hey, this is going to be a lot of work. It's not just about the money. Yeah. Well, you know, we certainly do talk about it. Um, 
in the a for all program a lot is that it is a lot of work and there are certainly people that want to start a business just because they don't want a boss or they think, well, I want to start a business. So we'll have more time off, which, you know, I don't know where they get that idea. <laughs> uh, it certainly seems to be the opposite for me, but I think what really helps is when people are in our program, they have mentors and oftentimes the mentors have had this experience of owning a business and can tell them firsthand what it's really like. So, you know, I don't think just hearing from one person, it's going to be a lot of work resonates, but I think hearing from a lot of people around you is, is really good. And when we screen people to be in the program, we really try to make it clear that it's a lot of work and, and try to see if they're up, up for it. What are the things that you have learned? Maybe, maybe let's say specifically on the marketing side um, or the biggest lessons that you see people uh, either not know until they go through E4ALL, things that maybe you didn't even know until you were part of E4ALL. Um, but what are those big marketing lessons that you see people say, aha, this is, this is it. Like this makes sense now. Yeah. You know what it is? The hugest thing in what we express in E4ALL and what I've learned is you need to know your customer before anything else. You need to know your customer for every reason. So what I find it's the three L's. People that want to start a business often go straight to loans, leases, and logos. They're like, I want to start a business. What place can I rent? How much money do I need? Let's brand this thing. And, and I get it. And it, honestly, I've been there before. You know, I talk about starting this business, selling people's, um, you know, artisans goods, but I really wanted to start a candy store. And I went straight to, you know, a real estate agent to start showing me places. And well, what's the name going to be? And, and, um, you know, try to figure out the money. And when I talked to somebody about writing a business plan, they were like, well, who is your customer? I'm like, well, and a lot of people will say, well, everybody's my customer. And it's just not true. So really defining who that customer is, is huge. And, you know, we focus on it so much, so much in the e program. And, and I see it the same at Hippo. It's, you know, every time you post something on social media, every time you plan a workshop, Every time you bring a new product, you have to be thinking about who that customer is. And yes, we do have some 15-year-olds that buy things, and we do have some 65-year-olds that buy things, but that it's not the main demographic. So you really have to think of, well, who's the bulk of the, like, who's the majority that's coming in here? And really think of that person as, as the persona that you're speaking to. So um, I think that is a very common mistake, again, that a lot of people make loans, leases, and logos. Those really should be the very last things that you do. Figure out the customer first. Build the community. You know, if there's something that you want to start, start talking about it first. You know, start a blog, start a conversation, be the expert in that field before you all of a sudden have a space. And, you know, over years and years of working with artisans, and, and selling stuff at these markets, I was able to learn who the customer is. If, if I didn't know anybody and just open this gift store downtown, there, there's no way we would have even lasted the full year. Yeah. You know, I was watching a, uh, one of my colleagues does a, a pretty good YouTube channel on, on SEO and content marketing and marketing in general for, for businesses. And he, he's not really speaking to the small business, but he did a video the other day on content marketing and the cost of content marketing. And uh, for folks who are listening who 
maybe the, maybe they're hearing that for the first time. It's a whole wide range of uh, creating content on the web. So that's a blog post, an email, a Facebook post, Instagram, any social outlet plus content on your website is considered content marketing. Uh, and he was talking about the cost of content marketing and how expensive it is because it just takes so much time to do it right. Um, but you know, it has this has a huge payoff uh, at the end if done right. I think that small businesses are set to climb a pretty steep hill. I think it's super competitive online, uh, more so than ever, uh, especially on Facebook. Um, ha- have you learned, because you, again, you do a lot of great things with Facebook and, and live streams and Instagram. Um, have there been some really solid wins for you and in, in your business or things that you've seen through eForAll that have worked really well in the online space that somebody could take away uh, from this uh, episode? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's taken a while to learn. So, um, you know, our Instagram, which I'm, I'm really happy with, uh, Shop at Hippo, it's, it's all run by Sarah Furtado, who's the shop manager at the store. And she does a great job um, showing product and really trying to engage through the Instagram stories and everything. And, and it's really good content. But what I've found that I've done with Facebook is I do these live videos that are basically say, hey, what's new at Hippo? I walk around the store. Oftentimes I do it when I actually don't know what's new so that it's a genuine me being surprised at um, what's changed since I've been there because I'm not really there during the week. And at first I was thinking like, oh, these are kind of silly. You know, I'm just walking around acting shocked that I haven't seen a coloring book or whatever it is. But people that I don't know started coming up to me and saying, hey, I really like those tours that you do of the store. And I think they are, they feel more comfortable coming in because they had a tour. Or sometimes people have come in because they see the video, they saw something in the background and they, and they buy it. So that's, again, it's, I tested something out, but then I really listened to who the audience is because when I go live, maybe three people, you know, are watching at that time, but then after a while it gets looked at, it gets talked about, it gets shared, but having people actually tell me, Hey, I like those, keep it up. Um, is something that I think is good. And I think it's the human touch. And sometimes when people come in, like they want to meet us, they want to know who Shelly and Sarah are because they've seen us in videos or photos and they like the, the, especially in a small town like this, you know, for people that live here in New Bedford, they, um, they like that. One of the, one of the challenges, another challenge, I think for, for small business owners on in the online space and creating content like you're talking about is people actually, they're just afraid to do it, right? They're afraid to like put their face on, on camera or record their voice on a podcast or, you know, show themselves personally on, on, you know, on Facebook live, that kind of thing, YouTube live, uh, What's your what's your advice? I mean, you're you're not shy of the stage uh, at all by any means. Uh, do you have advice, or how do you kickstart somebody to say, you know what, get into gear? Like <laughs> you got to do this, right? Yeah, you, you you have to do this. If I mean, there are all alternatives, but I mean, man, that building that personal brand around your business is huge. So how do you get somebody to do it? Like, what what words of advice do you give people? You know, I think practicing is important. I was fortunate that I played in bands for years. So I was in front of audiences and I had that experience, but even if you haven't had that experience, it's all about practicing. And people have asked me before, like, are you comfortable speaking in front of people? And it's like, yeah, I'm comfortable if I know what I'm talking about. If I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm no, I'm so nervous and I'm not going to feel great about it. So if you know that, you know what you're talking about, that's great. I do have a few tips for myself, especially if I know that there's going to be, somebody's going to come and take a video of me, or if I'm going to be in front of people at an e for all event, 
I, it's, you know, silly things. Like as soon as I'm getting on stage, I put heels on instead of sneakers and I may be wearing comfortable shoes while entertaining people. But as soon as I get up in front of people, I want to start having certain pair of shoes on people laugh at me I'll say wait my lipstick's not on yet don't take a photo and it's just these little things that just make me feel like I'm in presentation mode and I know that doesn't work for everybody but I think figure it out for yourself like do you need a minute alone first or is it just having your hair down or you know put in a little bit of extra effort that day on what you're wearing but um yeah, I think just practice different things for sure. And you can videotape yourself first. So if, if somebody's afraid of going live, you know, if you have a phone, just videotape yourself doing it. And it seems awkward, but you'll catch that, you know, you'll catch things about yourself and say, oh, okay, I keep looking off to the side. Maybe I should stop doing that. Or you may find that it actually works well. You know, things that you think are a problem just aren't really a problem. So many small business owners I find, you know, uh, when we're doing consulting and they're, yeah, okay, write an about page about yourself, write an about page about your business or why you started this. And people get so stuck that, you know, they get, it's like a deer in headlights. They don't, they don't know where to start. Uh, they don't know what to say about their business. And it, it perplexes me because I'm like, why did you start this business in the first place? Like, what was that inspiration? At some point in your career, you were inspired to do this. Um, you know, why do you think it's challenging for some people to, when they're looking at a blank canvas, to start that, who am I? What This is what I'm about. Um, you know, a, any way that you help people define themselves when they're going through e all at all or just other peers in your space? Yeah, you know, and I, I can see it. I think it's hard to explain. And I think, you know, when you asked me why did you start it, it's, I told you the story of, well, I started selling at art markets and then it, and it but sometimes the other story is I always wanted a candy store. Why did I want a candy store? I, probably because when I was growing up, my dad had um, gourmet food stores and candy was part of it and it made me happy and I love the colors of it. But does it go deeper than that? Is it because I grew up in this retail setting and is it because my parents split up and the time that I spent with my dad was at a store? I don't know how deep it goes. So I think sometimes there are so many reasons why people want to do things and it's hard to, to nail down like, but what is it? What's the story? And we do talk about this at E4All. We, um, we have a whole class where we talk about social impact and we really get down to the nitty gritty of like, why exactly are you doing this? And it's imp- it is important to figure out, you know, what's the, what's the more shallow reason, but what is like the deep down heart of it, of why it's, why is it important to you? Why do you choose to do this versus getting an office type job or whatever other solution there could be? You know, what other things are changing from your perspective, from your retail business and things that you're seeing from eFrall, shifting either, you know, more traditional business, people walking in, uh, uh, are you shifting more to online sales uh, at Hippo or do you, or do you feel like the, the high touch come in and, and feel a tangible product is actually getting better because people aren't touching and feeling things before they're buying anymore. They're swiping right on Amazon and just ordering it for the next day. How do you see the shift? Is it going online more for you or is it a mix of both? What does that look like? You know, it's tough and we're still always talking about going online and selling more online because it's it's a lot of um, time and money for us to do it. And the well, I feel like the basis of Hippo is it's for people that want to buy something that they can't buy online. So we don't sell anything that you could get on Amazon or 
um, or at Target or any anywhere that's convenient. And so, well, I don't want to say convenient. It's very convenient to come to Hippo. But uh, the point is, is we want people to have this experience of being able to find unique items they can't find anywhere else and walk around the store and, and find things that they weren't even looking for. So, you know, we have these great enamel pins and sometimes people will be like, oh my God, this one has a cat holding a piece of pizza. Like it's not something you were looking for, but it's something that may be the perfect gift for your roommate because she loves cats and pizza. And so there's definitely something about that experience of people just walking around and saying, oh my God, this is perfect for so-and-so or, oh my God, I love lavender and vanilla soap and smelling it and holding it. And so it is tough because we do want that option of how can we sell in the winter and how can we make sure that, you know, sales can continue on these days that are icy and we have to close, but it's hard to know if it's going to be worth the investment. So we've talked about maybe starting with just like a few of our most popular items and launching that way, but it's a tough one. I, I struggle with that decision all the time. Yeah. Um, Wrapping things up here for folks who are listening, uh, who might be on the South Coast, uh, and they're looking, hey, I, I want to start a business, I want to get things going myself, or hey, I've been running a business for a year, and I, maybe I need to take the next step. Do you have one parting piece of advice? Yeah, it could be like a book recommendation that you that you enjoy, that you think everybody should read, or just one piece of solid advice uh, for folks who are listening to get started uh, either today or start improving uh, right now. I think reading books, listening to podcasts is so huge for me. I listen to NPR's How I Built This. I love hearing the stories of how other business owners did it. And just constantly learning is so important. There's always going to be other people out there that are talking about your field. So, you know, I'm part of Facebook groups and listen to podcasts that are all independent shopkeepers. And I'm always learning um, from those. So definitely find what you're into figure out who's talking about it, whether it's a magazine, a book, and just soak up all that information. But also, I'm going to say another thing, even though you asked me for one advice, have fun. Like, you know, when you started this, you said, I'm at wrestling, I go to comedy, like, I, you know, work a full-time job, I own this business, I volunteer a lot, but I make sure to always have fun, because it's not worth it, if you can't, you know, I love what I do, but at the end of the day, you just have to sometimes laugh at some jokes and just yell at some wrestlers <laughs> and allow yourself to do that. And if you need to sometimes ask for people to help so that you can do that, that's fine. You know, but I think just always making sure that you're, uh, you're having fun. Yeah, that's, that's awesome advice. Something that, uh, that more people have to do because sometimes uh, running your business, especially if you're just a one-person shop or even a two- to three-person shop, can get pretty lonely yeah. uh, sometimes. So keeping yourself uh, entertained and not so uh, you know, 1,000% into the business every day. Don't get old Gary Vaynerchuk on us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you don't need to go that crazy. Yeah, and uh, you have to, to step back from it because I think sometimes when you're the only one looking at it, like you have to step back and just like remember the world around you and and see the needs of customers and, or, you know, your clients or whatever it is, like just step back sometimes. It's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Shelly, where can folks find you to say thanks for doing this episode? Feel free to promote anything you have going on, E4All Hippo. Yeah, so um, E4All, you can find us at E4All.org and Hippo. We're at shopathippo.com, but also we're on Facebook and Instagram, shop at Hippo. So definitely send me a message. Uh, Love to hear from people. 
Everybody else, this is the We Are Here podcast. If you search for us on iTunes, you should find us by now. I hope so. God, if I'm doing my job right, you can search for us. We Are Here. Give us a five-star review if you enjoy episodes like this. Helps us get found. You can join the email list at southcoast.fm. at southcoast.fm slash subscribe to join the mailing list. We'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>